Hello everybody and welcome back to Deserts of Plenty. Uh, my name is Ralph. Um, so my uh, my background is, uh, is, a, is an improv teacher and an actor. That's half, I guess, of, of what I trained in. Uh, another half of me is, is that I, I also trained in um, immunology. I have a degree in immunology and worked as a... Um, a researcher for about 10 years, about a decade in uh, lupus research. And, um, you know, it's funny because I, as a kid, I was very, you know, the old uh, designation would be left-brained, which is, of course, now not, uh, it's not like our left brain is analytical and our right brain is creative. That that distinction has now largely been debunked. But uh, as a child, I was very analytical uh, very good in math, you know, and, and, and science. And that's what I gravitated towards. But I was, but I also loved comedy being an only child, not an only child, sorry, the youngest child. And like a lot of youngest children in large families, uh, I turned to comedy as a way to get, uh, noticed an interesting side note. Uh, a lot of the, it's, it's different now, I believe, but uh, certainly when I started, I, I was reading about a lot of classic comedians. And the number of those classic comedians, very famous comedians who, like in the early and middle part of the 20th century, and even into the later part of the 20th century, how many of those people were the youngest child in large families? It was uh, staggering, the, the amount they were. There was so many of them. And, and it's really... You know, it, comedy was a way for for uh, the youngest kid in a family to get some attention, to get some love, to get some love they didn't get from their fathers because their father, by the time they had four or five kids, were like, eh, not that interested. Um, which is certainly the way I felt that uh, my my father, especially, did not take a huge interest in me, uh, being the youngest of six children. But um, who knows? Maybe he was like that with everybody, and I just felt that way. Anyway, very analytical, and I wanted so much to be creative that I um, used my analytical self to figure out how to do that, which is uh, an interesting story. To me, anyway, it's interesting. Anyway, uh, so th the point is that I was very, and still continue to be, very you know, analytical, uh, good in math, and science, physics, chemistry, biology, still very, very fascinated by all of that stuff. Um, but I, because of the way I was trained and the way I uh, sort of grew up, I, I took a very, I was very, um, you know, I, I believed in stuff that had uh, what I would call a scientific basis for it scientific method basis for it so like i was uh believed very strongly in gravity you know uh, like most of us because it's a, it's something you could demonstrate um and uh but you know um a lot of things that people would recommend to me uh that did not in my view have a scientific basis behind them i would kind of um take a very dim view of i would mock people who believed in things like astrology. I don't see a scientific basis for astrology, and therefore I didn't, and don't to this day, 
put much stock in it. And uh, I used to, although I don't anymore, would mock or belittle people who did. Same thing with uh, people who believed in God. Didn't There's no scientific basis for that, so I mocked it. People who believe the earth is 6,000 years old and was created by God. Uh, you know, at least in the, the Christian or the fundamental Christian tradition, or at least uh, an offshoot or a part of Christian fundamentalism, the literal translation of the Bible, the Old and New Testament, uh, there's a claim that the earth is 6,000 years old. That, of course, is not uh, supported by scientific evidence, and so I would discount it and take a dim view of people who believed in that. Homeopathy, chiropractor, chiropractic, and uh, uh, on and on and on. Um, and a, a few years ago, I'm, I mean a few, like 15, 20 years ago, a family member extolled the virtues of drinking apple cider vinegar every day. And uh, under my breath, I laughed and, you know, nodded politely as she explained to me how it had affected her life and then walked away chuckling to myself and mocking her. So flash forward, you know, whatever it's been, 13, 18 years later. uh, And uh, lo and behold, guess who is taking apple cider vinegar every morning? Me. Now that was prompted in uh, because I had uh, as I approach my you know the beginning of my seventh decade on this planet, I uh, am very interested as anybody who's listened to this podcast would know in you know physical, mental, and spiritual health. That's that's the whole reason that I I started doing this podcast uh, as a way to put everything that I know and believe and see together in a place so I can look at it. And then figure out as much as I can what is true for me. Um, so in part of my investigation, one thing that I found is that, lo and behold, uh, the scientific evidence now is that for people who eat carbs, if carbs are consumed with some kind of um, uh, acid or... So that's acetic acid, so that's uh, vinegar. Vinegar is acetic acid. The absorption of carbohydrate is uh, diminished, so therefore you do seem to absorb fewer calories, and at least as important is the spike in glucose doesn't get so high. So anybody who has been diagnosed with diabetes or uh, you know uh, pre-diabetes will be aware of sugar spikes causing insulin spikes and the damage that can that can do to your body. Now, in North America now, I think it's most adults uh, have some kind of uh, metabolic syndrome, some kind of ill health, whether they have metabolic syndrome, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, uh, pre-diabetes, diabetes, diabetes uh, or they're on the path to these things. And, uh, and, and so one thing that is um, helpful is to watch out for carbohydrate spikes. And apple cider vinegar is one of these ways. It's uh, in the Mediterranean diet. The Mediterranean diet is one of these blue zones. A blue zone is a, a, period, a place on the planet where people regularly live into their hundreds, right? It's, it's common. It's more common than, than the, you know, the regular population. The Mediterranean 
um, the Okinawa in Japan. Um, there's that place in Northern California, I believe, and a few other places. And, and, and these diets have similarities. And one similarity, or you know, at least in the Mediterranean, is carbs, bread, are eaten, like in North America, we put butter on it probably in a, in a restaurant. But there it's much more like balsamic vinegar and olive oil. And the vinegar helps curb the amount of carbohydrates one, ins- one, uh, one ingests, not one ingests, one absorbs, and it helps flatten these uh, high uh, carbohydrate spikes. So lo and behold, that person 20 years ago gave me good advice, and I just discounted it out of hand, uh, like a smug fool that I was. And uh, once again, not to say that we should... Uh, you know, believe everything we hear. That's hopefully that's not the point you're taking away from what I'm saying. But um, not to be so smug and not to believe we know everything and not to believe that other people who believe different things in us aren't fools necessarily. They might be. They might be the fool. You might be the fool. And it's a, it's a common um, or a refrain that keeps coming back which is the idea that certainty, if you are certain about something, while that is very comfortable, generally, uh, it can lead you to be vulnerable. <coughs> I do apologize for that. Um, I'm not going to pause, so I'm going to cough, I have to cough. So, uh, and, and being uncertain about something, uncertain whether apple cider vinegar is good or bad, uh, while it's uncomfortable, it leaves you leaves one open to discovery, and that's the thing: is being open to change. Maybe this is wrong. Maybe the idea that apple cider vinegar is uh, bunk and is uh, snake oil or just throwing money down the drain is bunk. Similarly, you can look at it from the other side because I I'm, I take supplements, and I know lots of people who take supplements. And because the supplement industry is heavily unregulated, uh, heavily unregulated, it is lightly regulated, it's kind of the Wild West, it's, it's, um, it's very difficult to know the quality and ingredients of supplements that one buys. Uh, fish oil is a great example of many fish oils that you buy, the DHA and EPA, the omega-3 uh, fatty acids from fish oil, that seem to be um, that are a essential and, and and seem to be quite helpful. Um, a lot of those fish oils are rancid, and that's why. So if you ever take a fish oil and it tastes fishy, that's bad. It's gone. It's gone off. It's it's rancid, uh, and so it's it's important that if you buy supplements, that you find supplements that are third party tested. So that so just that point too, like apple cider vinegar, I thought it was bunk. Turns out, oh, there's actually some something to it. And on the other side, I thought, oh, these supplements are great. Oh, actually, no, maybe not because of you know the quality control and um, and because it is an unregulated industry, you you can buy supplements that have almost none of the ingredients they claim to have, or way too much. And so it really is kind of a crapshoot. Um, so certainty, knowing, aha, this thing is perfectly good or this thing is perfectly bad leaves one open to mistakes um and 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 more mistakes uncertainty looking foolish being stupid um but it's comfortable 
Anyway, be open to change is the thing. Be open to it. Always ask, how do I know? How do I know? How do I know this is good? And I realize that if you ask that about everything, you might go insane. (laughs) You might go insane. I don't know. Uh, But I know from myself that when I keep asking that question and I discover things, what it's led me on is a path of, because if you told me two years ago, Ralph, in two years from now, you'll be drinking apple cider vinegar every morning, I would have laughed at you and called you a moron. And here I am. And now I look back at that person two years ago and it's like, "Mm, you were a little naive, my friend. Now, at the end of the day, I might take apple cider vinegar and it might turn out to be harmful or it might turn out to be good or it probably will turn out to be neutral and I'll see no apps. I'll see no actual benefit from it. Um, But who knows? I'm open to whatever happens and I'll just monitor and see how I feel and if I notice anything or if my weight changes or what happens and, you know, uh, and I'll see where it goes. But uh, as I have changed and evolved, because I'm letting my thinking be open as much as I can, and I'm, I'm sure, like all people, I have my blind spots and my biases. You can't get rid of bias, uh, but you can hopefully uh, try to identify it and uh, limit its uh, affect. Um, I'm excited about, you know, because two years ago, I never thought I'd be drinking apple cider vinegar. Here I am. Well, where will I be two years from now? And that fills me with a bit of excitement and eye-opening and like, oh, yeah. Because the more that you, or the more that I at least, you know, see things that I thought once were impossible become possible, it starts opening up a lot more vistas to me, a lot more things that I never would have thought, well, how do I know that won't happen? How do I know, you know, I'll never live in another country or I'll never have another career or I'll never get remarried? Or, all, you know, all these other things that many times in the past I've never thought were possible. Well, how do I know they're not possible? Maybe they are. And being open to all of these possibilities makes them more attainable and possible. Anyway, that's my thing. Uh, have a great day, everybody. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and say, go try apple cider vinegar. But just keep an open mind about it if you're like, that's ridiculous, Ralph. Who would drink that? Well, me. And maybe I am ridiculous. Again, I'm open to everything. All right. Take care, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. Bye.